Welcome to Between Space Podcast. We exist at the intersection of academia and Black popular culture. Exploring the space between home and away. I'm Shay. I'm Remy. And we're pseudo-academics trying to get paid. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Today, we're speaking with Kicker beauty and fashion influencer and content creator to learn the ins and outs of influencing but also what it's like being a black woman in this space. Hello. Hey Kika. Hey. Hey. Yeah, no, yeah. The love was actually yeah. a I'm actually God once. <laughs> One time. Um, <laughs> <cut> <laughs> I think not. No, not thanks. on my watch. Yeah, it'd be great if actually if you could introduce yourself. Um, my name is Kicker, also known as Kicker AJ. That's what I go by on Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, the works. And um, I would say that I am a beauty and fashion influencer slash content creator. It's also just crazy how, like, you can feel when you're ready to be influenced. Like, I just have to be shown something like <laughs> a few times. <laughs> And then it's like, <laughs> let me buy it. Like, yeah. for example, I think it was last summer, there was this particular um, set of Zara jeans, the kind of like loose ones that suddenly... And they were like wide everyone, leg. The wide leg one with the slit. I think that was a maybe the most obviously I was influenced. It was like, she, you've seen this like four times and now you've purchased it. Like, I don't think I've had any other times where it's been like as... As strong. To, to myself. <laughs> But for you guys, what's something where it's like, you know, okay, I have been influenced to buy this thing. For for me, I didn't buy it by like, I don't know, the grace of God, I was protected. But the coach, uh, what is it? Pillow? I know you have it. it Yeah, I bought that, honey. I was so... (laughs) The way I had no interest in such a bag, but I started seeing it everywhere. Like, everywhere. No, I was definitely influenced by that. I, I saw it online because I was scouring the internet because I said, I'm about to be 25, I'm about to buy me a bag. So I was going um, through the internet and I saw it. And then I saw it on Melissa's wardrobe's story. And I said, no, I need to buy it right now. Because one <laughs> thing about Melissa's wardrobe, if she shows the world something, it's going to be sold out in 30 yeah. seconds. And I 30 said, seconds. not me. <laughs> 30, in fact, let's even say five seconds, it will be sold out. So I said, it's not me that's going to lack. So I went back and I bought it straight away. So thank you, Melissa's Wardrobe, for giving me the push <laughs> I needed to buy it in that moment. Thank you. That's so funny. How long have you been um, a content creator for? Uh, I would say being a content creator is so weird because when you talk to other content creators, a lot of them have the similar a similar answer. So for me, I probably wouldn't have called myself a content creator at this point. But when I was about, I'll say, 14, between the ages of 14 and 16, I used to keep video diaries on my phone. So I'd take my iPhone about, I'd go about college, I'd prop it up in a corner and like we'd just talk on camera. And I still have all of these videos now. That's um, so cute. Those... <laughs> so those are the kind of things we would call vlogs right now. But obviously at the time, I didn't know that I was doing something called vlogging. Um, so then when I got to university in my first year, I was so set on becoming a YouTuber. I had flunked 
my course in accounting and finance and I had dropped out three weeks into the course <laughs> and I had nothing else to do with my time. So I took my student loan and I bought a camera and I started, <laughs> I started creating YouTube videos weekly and putting them up on the net. Um, I was on Instagram at this point, but I was just using Instagram as a way to promote my YouTube videos and just slapping them on the feed. I wasn't really using it to do anything. Um, and then I started growing in this facet. So that was around 2015 when I started creating YouTube videos. Yeah. And then I started meeting other people in this space. And it wasn't until we got into lockdown in 2020, I started to take um, Instagram more seriously. I had other friends that were flourishing on Instagram and they mm -hmm. always used to say, oh my gosh, you should take pictures. You should take this more seriously. And I'd just be like, guys, are you not understanding that I teach Monday to Friday? Where is the time mm. to go outside and take those pictures? I just didn't think it was something I could merge and do all at once. Um, but I guess the lockdown gave me the space to actually start. And I started taking pictures at home and putting them on the net. And, and that's how Instagram blew up for me. Mad. I have a question. How did your parents take it, you flunking? And then did they know <laughs> about the YouTube? Or like, what was that journey like? <laughs> You know what? My dad is really supportive. He he told me, because I actually went to go do accounting and finance, but that's not what my A-levels were in. <laughs> my A-levels were in English history and politics. So he was like, why the heck are you going to go and do accounting and finance when you don't know anything? In my mind, I was like, well, you know, I'm going to go an accountant because they make money and I want to have money because I want to have a comfortable life that was the plan so three weeks into it when I'm crying to him every night on the phone saying I, I don't understand what's going on he said yeah of course because you don't know anything you didn't know <laughs> economics you didn't know accounting finance didn't do maths you had no business doing accounting and finance so he was really supportive really really supportive he'd call me like once a week and you know he just asked me how I was getting on and then I told him about YouTube and he was all for it my dad follows me on Instagram and wow. he comments <laughs> I love that <laughs> he comments on my stuff and when I shout go to, to see dad. him shout out to dad he's a real one when I go see him he's always like my superstar Aww. and yeah, he's just always been so supportive so so supportive I love that for me I, I really love do. that for you as well. Thanks, man. <laughs> Something I desire for all of us. <laughs> Honestly. That's so sweet. That's so, so, so cute. <laughs> what do you do for your day job? How long have you been doing that? So I am a teacher by trade, um, by profession. Um, and I've been doing Shout this. Shout out to I'm the teachers in the room. Year. Shout out to the teachers Honestly. in the room because they, they really are doing the lord's work they okay. really are in fact that's how <laughs> kicker really and i met so we met yes during our teacher training <laughs> kicker's done so well to stick it out whereas me i was like lord <laughs> i cannot to be honest i'm not going to name any names but like i think that one of the placements that i had was a massive deterrent for ever staying in teaching <laughs> but that's a different story yeah that's another story for another day <laughs> totally understandable um yeah i've been doing it for four years i'm in my fourth year of teaching um i very much understand shay when you say you're no this ain't it at mm. all I, I totally get it um it's a very demanding job um that requires a lot it requires a lot of patience mm. um but I feel like I've been able to use a lot of my skills from the skills that I've grown within this particular sector. Definitely been able to use it in like my rise 
as a content creator slash influencer, yeah. Could you explain to someone who does not understand, how does influencing actually work? Okay, this is something I'm starting, I'm still trying to understand myself. It's such a new industry that I don't think anyone can give you a definite answer as to how it works. Um, I'm actually going to throw this back at you guys because I'd love to hear what you guys think as like non-influencer content creators, like as people who are just indulging in social media. Well, how do you guys think it works? Because I think this will be interesting mm. to hear what people think on the other side. Okay. Uh-oh. I'm going to throw that to you first, <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to flip the script. I love that. <laughs> no, it's good. Um, I think so... I think it depends, like, either it can be, so let's say you like, like, you like a particular brand, like, you could start off as an influencer, you could start off by, like, wearing their things, maybe showing the brand how much kind of, like, attention you're kind of drawing to that brand, then maybe you can, like, strike a deal with them, then if they use, I often see people sharing, like, their codes, if um, people use that code to purchase clothes from that brand, then maybe you get a certain percentage of commission, or maybe it can be the kind of thing where if you hit particular maybe stats and metrics, they'll pay you a particular amount. In my head, mm. that's how it works. Yeah, it's given very accurate. Mm. Yeah, Ronnie, what do you think? Yeah, I think there are various, I guess, like types of deals, like the ones that Shay was talking about. I think also content creators can or influencers can just have a general deal with a brand and I think that's maybe like over a period of time kind of similar to maybe a sponsorship like how you know a non-content creator like let's say an artist can have more of a traditional sponsorship with a brand um so I don't know what the nitty-gritty of that looks like but I'm thinking like Jackie Ina and belief and how (laughs) It, it seems kind of like a like not a one-time kind of hey I have this face cream let's see how many people buy it but more like I have a long-term relationship with this brand and I'm like they're paying me money to post about the the brand um yeah like sponsored posts and things like that mm. yeah you know it's funny that you guys are saying this because had we had this conversation maybe three years ago the comments I always used to get from people were, oh, so on YouTube, are you getting paid like one pound of view, two pound of view? And that was normally like the crux of these conversations in terms of like how influencing actually works. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so interesting to see how, because mediums have changed, how people's thoughts on how these things have also changed as well to mm-hmm. um, accompany that. So I'm guessing like most of us are on Instagram and that's where we're encountering most of the influencers mm-hmm. and the content creators and um, for me I've been blessed enough to work with brands who um, have seen that I've indulged in their brand and they're like okay it looks as if you know she likes our stuff let's have a conversation with her and perhaps put together some gifting and then the gifting leads into paid partnerships but as well, I've also been blessed enough to never indulge in the brand but because they enjoy the quality of my content and they enjoy my engagement rate with people who follow me, that they're just like, okay, let's just skip straight to straight to a paid partnership. Mm-hmm. Um, there are other influencers who are able to strike deals in terms of um, clothing brands, for example, if we're looking at fashion influencers. Some people may have an edit with a brand. Um, I follow this a lovely 
um, influencer who's had an edit with New Look and I'm sure she's been paid for that and also had an input in um, how the edit's been put together. Um, influencers can be paid in a, an array of different ways. Um, I don't think it's just limited to um, Instagram of, in and of itself or paid promotion on Instagram. Um, yeah. I think no one will have a, a set answer for how everyone is being paid. Everyone's being paid through different avenues. And like I said, because it's a very new industry, um, I think that the realms of payment and how people get paid and how um, they're patronized by these brands, it's far reaching. I'm sure a lot of us aren't thinking of other ways that these people are being paid. These people, including myself, because I'm to be paid. <laughs> it's actually no you saying that it's so mad that my brain didn't go at all to youtube when literally when i was at uni mm. when i thought of these influences it was how many views whereas now for me to click into that youtube app it's real commitment and dedication mm. like i'm not trying out things on youtube but that that's just me whereas on instagram it's way more likely that i'm gonna watch a reel or whatever so that that's definitely a really interesting shift actually yeah i think it speaks more to our our attention mm. nobody wants to sit down for 10 minutes and watch a video unless you're truly invested you're a fan in an influencer yeah whereas because instagram is short snippets of content you're more likely to be keyed in i, I always thought of youtube as an extension of uh, a content creator slash influencer so if you've already been keyed in from instagram but you want to know more about their life or you're more intrigued then you'll find your way to youtube but it's very rare that you'll find people going from youtube to instagram mm. i find it's the other way around these days yeah and i think when i think about it i feel like if i want to be influenced i'm going to instagram like i want the short snippets as you're saying whereas if i'm mm. like how do i do this flexi rod set on my afro like if i want something in depth i go to youtube um maybe it's just because of the nature of how you search and the fact that like the feed on instagram the algorithm is just flashing things that they know i want in, in front of my face mm. um mm. that's kind of the distinction for me yeah and like we're making all of these moves so now we've moved from youtube to instagram and now we're moving towards tiktok which yeah. is a completely new medium um, so I'm guessing all of us as influencers, we're looking for different ways to diversify our content mm. and rake in an audience over there or, or also take our audience from Instagram to TikTok mm -hmm. and to have the same amount of leverage and reach. I have loads of questions, actually. So what's the difference between an influencer and a content creator? I think an influencer, there's been a lot of, I guess, hoopla around this particular word. Um, of course, like an influencer is someone that just influences people's decisions. Um, the reason why I sometimes like stray from calling myself an influencer is I don't know how, well, I, I guess I know to an extent through the, the metrics and the stats that I look at all the time. I am influencing people to a degree, um, but I would say like I enjoy more the idea of putting content together and creating through jpegs or mp4s um just showcasing something and that's i think where my strength lies um so i think that's the difference between the two a content creator is someone that puts together pieces of work that they can showcase on instagram whereas an influencer is someone that you know will influence public's decisions on what they want to buy or the kind of lifestyle that they want or the kind of car that they want and 
I do believe there is a lot of overlap between the two. So an influencer could easily say that they're a content creator, but I don't think all content creators are influencers, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. that does. I doesn't haven't thought sense. about that distinction, actually. I think that's my Me own either. personal distinction. Yeah, okay. I'm not sure if that's a distinction other people are making, <laughs> but that's not my business. <laughs> I was wondering kind of what you think about the ethics and like authenticity around sponsored posts um, mm. as a con- as a content creator yourself? I think first and foremost, um, I'm not going to speak on anyone else and I'm just going to speak for myself here, right? I think it's important that I have a level of integrity when it comes to sponsors posts. Um, if I know I'm not going to use it on a normal day or I have no affiliation with the brand, I wouldn't normally shop at that brand on a normal day, um, then I don't really think I have any business promoting it. I think, of course, this area is not black and white and there will be some grey area to it. But let's say, for example, um, I'm a fashion and beauty influencer, but um, there's a specific brand who I know have been anti-black anti-black as in Mm. they have uh, anyway yeah they just haven't been doing haven't been good for us Mm. okay and they say to me oh well um we want you to promote this and we want you to go ahead and do so for x amount of money that's something i'll probably have to think about and be like well um yeah Mm-hmm. But then again, I'm sitting here and I'm also thinking about like other brands that I work with who, you know, they're not the most positive and they have been, there has been some criticism around the way they operate. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I still would go ahead and work with them. And that's just the honest truth. Mm-hmm. So I think like this goes back to what I was saying about it being a gray area. There is no black and white to this. Mm-hmm. Um, me as a Christian, um, I've already said... You know, I truly believe that you can't serve two masters. You can only serve God, and if you're serving God, there's no room for you to be serving money. Um, so I think, for me personally, I'm always going to go by where the Holy Spirit also leads me. Mm-hmm. If there is no conviction for me to not work with a brand, I'm going to work with that brand, okay? And I think also people need to be more, I guess, more lenient with influencers a lot of the influencers that we're seeing are not mega influencers they're micro influencers who are trying to forge a lane for themselves in in this place Mm -hmm. and that you know clearly is difficult for them and i think that a lot of influencers in order they think in order to in order for them to grow that they have to work with certain brands and it looks good for them on papers and it, this was what this is what will help them progress so i'm not going to be mad at someone because they want to progress it may be different to what i may do or i'm not going to look at them any differently also they may look at me and be like you you stupid for turning down <laughs> that bag a bag is a bag and they're entitled to think that as well. I think we all work in different ways. Um, that's the beauty of this industry. Everyone is their own manager and can forge their own path. Um, so what one influencer will do will be completely different to another influencer. And me, I'm not going to judge anybody for that, okay? Best thing for me to do is just focus on myself and put my eyes forward. Um, yeah, and I also want to say this. 
particularly for black influencers, it's we don't really get many opportunities and we know why we are not getting many opportunities. So sometimes we may feel like, okay, someone has come to me with this offer, let me just take it because I don't know when the next one is gonna come. And that may make us say, okay, I'm going to do X, Y, and Z things that I may not have thought I would have wanted to do, but it pays, I'm just gonna do it. And yeah, I just want everyone to have a lot more, more, I guess, grace for us in that respect. I remember when Molly May did an interview and she spoke about, oh yeah, a brand came to me for two million um, pounds and I turned it down and everyone was like, yes, that's the kind of influencer we like to see, somebody with integrity. But guys, um, <laughs> not all influencers are in a position whereby they can be turning down ads. Some influencers, this is their only source mm. of income. So just as, you know, if you're a contractor in IT and you haven't had a contract in a few months, you may not like the job, but you're still going to take it. Mm. And I guess people think just because, you know, this is a role where people can peer in and look at what you're doing, that you're exempt from those same feelings that you may have in a traditional role. Those same feelings still apply and, you know, bills are still bills regardless of whether you're working in the public sector private sector working for yourself or working with someone else bills still have to get paid off the back of that why do you think in your opinion why do you think people judge influencers so harshly because it's a woman dominated industry women are out here using what historically has been told has been told to them should keep them subjugated they're now using it as a, a level up I can 100%, 100% in my mind say that if this industry was populated with men first and it wasn't looked at as a thing whereby if men are on social media now, they're corny, but if they had dominated the industry first, there wouldn't be all of this hoopla around it. Facts. That's how I feel. I feel like men are salty and other women may be salty that certain women have decided to say, well, I'm going to use what I have. I'm going to make the most of what I got reference to TikTok but <laughs> I'm gonna do with what I got and if that's my beauty I'm gonna use it if that's my style I'm gonna use it and it's going to give me maximum output with minimum input or little input compared to what I may mm-hmm. input in my corporate job do you know mm-hmm. what I mean yeah if you're I feel like most of most women here were smart okay <laughs> and we know how to make a hundred out of one and that's all I must say on that. Um, <laughs> that's why people are mad. People are mad at that. But they can stay mad. You can get with the winning team. <laughs> <laughs> no, 100% that's so funny. As a black woman in this industry, how do you feel like these, you know, beauty spaces have changed over the past, what, year and a half? Hmm. Do you know what? I don't feel like is it is it a crime if I say I don't feel like these beauty spaces Not have at all. changed? Not I don't, at all. I don't feel that way. Otherwise, if it has changed, we would also see a difference in the kind of influencers we see being able to promote certain things. Very true. The yep. beauty and fashion industry is Eurocentric. Well, let's even just keep it to beauty. Fashion and something else. But beauty itself is still Eurocentric. 
and it would be a lie to say that the influencer industry exists in a vacuum outside of that if it can't exist outside of that if we've got a standard of beauty that we want to promote then by proxy we need to have certain influencers that look a certain kind of way in order to push the standard of beauty that you know the overall um system pushes and i think that some brands are now like oh great i truly believe in diversity and i want people that don't just look like this to be a part of this team and some brands are making a move towards having a more diverse um outlook on beauty which is great but um to say that this is something that's widespread across the <laughs> this sector uh, i wouldn't say so at all like i'm sitting with a lot of my other influencer friends mm. and and they we all talk about you know damn i wish we can all you know just elevate together and you know do what we need to do but it, there's still an element of tokenism there you know once a brand has their one picks their one black girl that's that and mm. they've got their one black girl and that's it mm. and whereas i'm gonna say this with chess that black girls were where were you know creating these trends we're mm. really the forerunners in a lot of the things that we see in popular culture, in fashion and beauty. But for some reason, we're not able to occupy the spaces we deserve on all levels, whether that's PR, whether that's in influencer partnerships, whether that's in like director spaces. We're just not able to get there because those barricades still exist. Yeah, and actually off the back of that, it's interesting the black influencers sometimes who are repeatedly used, how sometimes they can also fall into those Eurocentric categories, not by any fault of their own at all, but like if you've got the particular body shape or facial features, how, yeah, you just start getting that homogenous face. Do you know what I mean? Like the, I'm thinking of like the Kardashian effect of like everyone just in different shades starts to kind of look the same. Yeah, but you know what? to each their own mm. and like I guess this is the moment for me to like encourage all of us as well you may be told to fit into a specific box and to be doing certain things a specific way but I actually put this on my Instagram story this morning it's all about the long game and God has created one of you and only one you are one of one and what does that say about what you think of yourself and how much you back yourself and rate yourself if you're ready to say I need to change large parts of myself in order to be you know successful you ain't need to do all that you know maybe you're looking at certain parts of yourself that you can better that's completely different you go ahead and do that mm. but yeah I, I but it also it's difficult like I understand both sides of the coin some people don't want to do struggle will for the rest mm. of their life <laughs> I get it <laughs> people don't want to do that but also, at the same time, good things take time. This is a, a microwave generation um, speaking about, speaking to a lot of the, the teenagers that I come in contact with every day. A lot of them are of the belief that things just happen overnight. So yeah, I think it's very interesting to see how people will manoeuvre this space in the coming years, especially as um, the younger influencers are coming up and they're indulging in this new industry, how they are also going to navigate this space. What impact do you think it would have had on you as, you know, a teenager to see yourself now on social media or someone like you on social media? 
don't know, you know. I think I think I would have been better for it. You know, definitely better for it in that aspect. I don't know what kind of impact in depth it would have had on me, but I definitely would have been better for it. Um, I grew up with... I, grew, I was a dark, I'm a dark-skinned girl, and I'm from ENDS. And in ENDS, if you are past a certain shade of black... Oh, you were really going to get it. <laughs> and unfortunately, it just meant that a lot of the boys growing up, they were really not nice to me when I was in secondary school. Or, you know, for the fact that I was even like African, I was Nigerian. And that just wasn't a cool thing. Um, <laughs> even in primary school, sometimes I'd say, yeah, I'm Jamaican. Huh? <laughs> yeah, what? <laughs> If I could go back and <laughs> twist my mouth, I would. <laughs> but all in the name to fit in, right? So I guess, like, I am trying to, as much as possible, be authentically me. Um, and trying as much as possible to, you know, not be swayed by all of these things we see on the outside. Easier said than done. Easier said than done. But I'm really trying. And I think I there are other girls that do message me and they're like oh my gosh you've got a body shape like mine and like you're curvy and like i don't get to see that and that makes me feel good and i know because you keep saying that you don't want to wear bras i'm not gonna wear a bra either even if my breasts look like this or you know them saying oh you seem very like open and kind and that's not something that we would see a lot within this space and if anything, like, those kind of comments also encourage me to keep going when there are places within the industry that tell me to stop doing those things, you know? Yeah, definitely. It makes the biggest, biggest difference to see people like, yeah, people like yourself. Because even as, like, a lot more black influencers have come up, every time a dark-skinned girl who is curvy comes up, there's still a part of me that's like... Oh, that's so nice to see someone who looks like me. Because um, it's, it's, it's increasing, but it's not as common yeah, mm. as we'd want. But I also want to say as well, sometimes it's like a double-edged sword with everything. Sometimes that those comments can be quite backhanded. Yes, and yeah, I know. <laughs> so backhanded. <laughs> and I started noticing things about myself because people have been too forward mm. and have said things that you should have just kept. You should have just kept that in your head, babes, mm. because I didn't need to know that. So, for example, like, I posted one time just a normal picture of me, you know, and a girl said, oh, I'm so happy to see someone else who is proud of their paper. Oh, God. Girl, if you don't get out of this place now, <laughs> if you don't get out, like, you could have just said that to yourself. Honestly. Who told you that I wanted to keep my paper anyway? So, please, please Carisha, please, okay? <laughs> sometimes it's backhanded and i genuinely wish people would think before they also comment certain things mm. to influencers when i was a normal person i would never enter um patricia bright's dms and be talking nonsense <laughs> i won't do that because i have home training mm. some of y'all ain't got that and you just think because there are many influencers a piece that you know and um, because we're behind the screen you could just say what you want and that's also not fair but also people with feelings and mm. you know we go through problems just same way beyonce does same mm. way the queen does <laughs> the same way cardi b does okay we all have feelings why do you think people feel like they can you know say out-of-pocket stuff to influencers 
because they're behind a screen okay yeah. which means they mm-hmm. can't be reached which means they can't have their ears twisted <laughs> that is why mm-hmm. they feel like they can say certain things um but also people are dealing with their own personal things in life and i'm sure it feels good just to talk smack to someone else um it takes a lot of i guess like self-awareness to say that i'm dealing with something and i need to work on that i need to spend time on that i need to peel that open and look at that and investigate that people will just say well i feel like crap and i want other people to feel like crap as well so i'm going to say what i want and that's often what i find um i would have big makeup pages sometimes reposting my reels or like pictures and some of the comments used to be like really horrible and then you click on the the profiles and you're like girl really (laughs) i'm done i know you are not (laughs) i know you are not but (laughs) you you actually just have to chop it down to well they're probably dealing with stuff and let me just pray for them we all need prayer (laughs) we all need it um how has being an influencer and content creator has it impacted your body image in any way oh yes oh yes but that's something we're working on every single day um I I have a curvy body shape, but at the same time, even though my body type is curvy, it's not curvy in a BBL manner. Um, so it's what a natural curvy body looks like, mm. which means you're gonna have things like hip dips, or you're gonna have a slight stomach because you're curvy, or you know you're gonna have some stretch marks. And um, I think being not forced, but being slapped with certain images every day you start to look at your own body in a different way and you have to intentionally remind yourself that a some of these bodies are altered by surgery but b also some of these bodies are altered by like facetune and nothing we see online is real nothing we see in magazines are real nothing we see on billboards are real and um it's taken it's taken a lot of work and i'm going to continue to do the work and i want everyone to do the work we should all be doing the work on our own self-image and but also as a woman like your body changes a lot why did no one tell me this Mm. i thought when you get to like 13 your body will change once and that's now your woman body and that's it and maybe your hips might spread a little bit when you have kids that's it but that's not what happened to me so before i even came online and my body started changing in different ways i had already been in the middle of you know trying to work through certain feelings about my body my body changed at 13 and then it changed at 19 and then it changed at 25 so at no point in any, at no point did my body look the same at any of those moments and you know it just it just so happens that i for the latter half of my life i've been in front of a camera where people can see that and comment on that um, but that just goes back to, you know, people just not having decorum and using common sense to say that these people actually have feelings too. Or, like I said, they're dealing with things. So you have to just isolate them and pop them to the side. And whatever feelings that you, I may have about my body, I have to deal with them, you know, by doing the work. Yeah, I sometimes have to catch myself because I often feel like especially, you know, influencers, content creators who share so much of their life online, I find myself feeling like I'm entitled to knowing when they go through like a life change, you know, Mm. Um, you know, like they've shared their engagement and their marriage. And then I have questions about, you know, a pregnancy or something that is really, I really have no, you know, entitlement to and is really a personal thing. But I catch myself feeling like, whoop. 
I want to know, like, I want to know this thing about their life and that thing about their life. And I think it can be, it can be tricky because if I put myself in the shoes of an influencer, it's like, you know, yes, this is my job, but you know, you don't, you don't owe anything to anyone. Yeah. It's difficult because at the same time, like we put ourselves out there, but then people will also, they'll also be like, well, you're an influencer you put yourself out there nobody asked you to and all of a sudden you don't want to share anything about your life that's not the contract that we had but we're all individuals with you know the opportunity to say actually i withdraw at this moment and that's what i'm creating my line here this is my boundary i think jackie Aina does that really really well she's moved into a new house in la and people have been asking her for a house tour and she's been like oh hell no no way okay that's my boundary that's my line and other people have been like well other influencers have showed their houses what's why aren't you showing yours what's your own what's your this is her boundary and this is her line and that's that you know she doesn't have to explain that because at the end of the day we're not her parents well even if her parents wanted her to do house tour they're not god they can't tell her what to do and that's just how it is you know be feel feel privileged that sounds very I don't know if privileged is the right word actually to use in this instance, but I'm just going to use it because it's the first word in my mind. Feel privileged in knowing that this person has given you the opportunity to share parts of their life with you, but also don't feel so comfortable that you then think that they are obligated to share some things. They're not, you know? Sometimes I show my boyfriend on YouTube, but I don't really show him on Instagram because he doesn't want to be on Instagram. He's got his own life and he doesn't need to be attached to something that i have created for myself yet people will ask why don't you show him like really? nobody wants your man well oh, yeah God. Well, of course nobody wants my man because i need you know you shouldn't want my man anyway okay because he ain't checking for you anyway so <laughs> just people, I mean? people are actually wild online no they're wild they're not okay and <laughs> they're not okay oh my but God. also you have to remind them that you yourself you want to be mad? Me, I'm mad at I'm mad okay? yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah. when influencers expose the crazy comments. I'm like, here for the tea. No, you have to be mad too. Um, Kelechi, if you don't follow Kelechi on Instagram, she is like, <laughs> I, oh gosh. Oh gosh. She's just amazing because she will tell you about yourself. Just because I'm a public figure does not mean you can come into my DMs talking mess, okay? Try it. But just know it won't work and i love that and i've taken that in my mind and i'm not going to be like the other influencer that you spoke smack about last week me i'm going to give it back to you because just as i'm a human being and you're a human being here to display madness i can do the same as well and maybe maybe this is controversial but <laughs> maybe if you know we also mirrored influencers mirrored the same behavior that some of these people show in the dms maybe people will actually think twice it's because they think people will take it yeah no 100 percent. if you knew you know? you're gonna chop insult you would actually really think twice <laughs> exactly you know because the same influencer that you cast online when you see her in west end you're running to her oh my gosh i love your stuff <laughs> <laughs> is that the behavior of the same person <laughs> I think not. Okay, where do you see yourself going in your career? Uh, In my influencer career, I just see myself growing and reaching a new audience. 
I'm thinking about other areas of my life where you know I can bring into my um, space online so I think a lot about for example like women who body tablets like mine how I, can I make things easier for them I often get told um, when you try things on and I see it on your body it lets me know whether I can buy it or not so like, how can I expand things like that to be more of a help to the community that I serve how you know I can be able to work with other brands as well that I care about I've got a, a brand wish list that I keep and I, I often tell God about um, so how can I you know create a bridge with those brands as well just growing but also I've also learned to have an open mind I don't think when I started my teacher training that I would be sitting here right now with you know 20k followers online a very active community um, having had worked with some amazing brands I wouldn't have thought that at the beginning of my teacher training career and maybe God is using this as like a teaching moment to say you know the plans of men they they have no foundation whatsoever so just keep an open mind I so I will be keeping an open mind about my career and where things can go mm-hmm. and also how does have your influencer content creating has it ever overlapped with your teachings have your students ever found your page i'm assuming oh yes oh my gosh oh my gosh <laughs> <sighs> and because <Uh-oh. laughs> and because i work in the air quite close in the area that i live in it's it's very i don't know how algorithms work whether it's also by like location um but also because like I said, I teach in the area that I more or less live in, I will know like their cousins or their older brothers and older sisters, older sisters, sorry. So yeah, they've come up to me and they've been like, oh miss, I saw you on TikTok. That's not your business. Have you done your coursework? (laughs) Right now I am miss your teacher and what I do online has got nothing to do with you guys. Okay. Until you leave to go to university, then you can like all you want. Um, but yeah, they're very respectful. They very much know that in my professional day life, this is what I do professionally and they respect that and they don't comment, they don't like, they don't do any of that stuff online because they know that that is a different side of their teacher. And yeah, I think I've been very blessed to work with kids that are just respectful of that transition and that difference. Wow. I can't believe that. Again, yeah, maybe I it's just the experiences of the schools. Respectful. Yeah, like if yeah, I think I was about where school. we, yes, even we'd be searching for our teachers on social yeah. media. Like, yeah, I think it's different now because you know everyone's on social media. True. Their parents are on social media. True. When I was in school, I found a, a video of my maths teacher online eating like ten burgers. He stuck his belly out, slapped it, and put his middle finger up and. Yeah, we were sending it to everyone. Yeah, we, we got in so much trouble. Oh my gosh, we got in so much trouble. We got in so much trouble. And like, we'd find our teachers on Facebook and like, we'd be like, oh, miss, we know your Facebook name because it's funny, you know? It's but hilarious. now that <laughs> it's hilarious at the time because you're like, wow, teachers actually have lives. But now I am older, it's an invasion of privacy. And I really wish someone slapped our heads because that was not okay. Not at all. Um, Sort of similar to what I asked you before, how do you see or where do you see the future of black women in influencing and content creating going? I'm actually going to talk about my hopes okay. because I, I have no mm-hmm. idea based... Well, if the structures of society aren't forced to change, then nothing within that vacuum, nothing within under that umbrella will change with it. But 
what I am hoping for is that more black women and men are able to permeate PR spaces because that's actually where it begins. In a lot of these rooms, the girls and guys that are making recommendations to their managers about who is fit for a certain job won't, unfortunately, won't be indulging in many bits of content that are made by black women. Um, so that's where it needs to change first. There needs to be more black girls and boys in PR rooms making these recommendations. Um, that way, more black women and black men can be recommended to have paid roles. I think what will keep happening is that black women will continue to set trends online. They'll continue to be the forerunners when it comes to fashion, the forerunners when it comes to TikTok sounds. They'll continue doing all of that because black people are just cool and like we're really just creative and that's that um so yeah i'm hoping that's what the future has in store for us i really hope as well that people start taking this this job seriously like this is an actual job now like you can ask some kids like what do they want to be when they grow up some people tell you i want to be a vlogger i want to be an influencer Mm. and that's a credible it's a credible job so people just need to start taking it seriously and giving people their flowers from now. It's Even though I'm not breaking my back the way I would break my back as a teacher, it, it's still a lot of work. Like I don't work full-time because I need time to create content. I need time to create quality content. And yeah, I really hope that people put some respect on black women's name in this industry as they are putting themselves out there because it's not something easy to do. It's not easy to put yourself out there. It's not easy to take your pictures or to come on podcasts and to talk about things. Things that essentially people may want to use against you later on in life or later on in the day or mm. afternoon, whenever it may be. So it's not easy. And I just hope that people take their foot off black women's neck as they're you know, <laughs> trying to grow and excel in this industry. Damn. And related to that, I watched a video of yours a while ago about um affirmations um and making kind of affirmations to yourself how's that helped you in this role of like influencing and content creating it's helped me so much so much so much um a lot of what i did at my degree level i explored a lot of different political thoughts which helped me come to certain um, conclusions about um how the world would see me as a dark-skinned woman and those things weighed heavily on me for a very long time and thankful for people around me at the time who were affirming me but then i realized i can't rely on their affirmations as well they may not always be here um so i had to you know start saying positive things to myself and it's really helped in this industry when you know you feel like sometimes you are comparing yourself to other people it brings you back to your center where when you're able to say to yourself i am beautiful i am talented what is for me will be for me saying those words to yourself will take the the effects of comparing yourself to other people off um for example maybe you feel like you're not growing as quickly as you would like once again saying those same three affirmations i am beautiful i am one of one what what is for me is for me what God has in store for me is greater than what I even have to instill for myself. Saying those things to yourself, once again, will tackle those feelings. So, but you have to, I know some people will say, oh, um, you don't have to believe them in the moment, you just need to say them. But genuinely, if you are 
thinking about your friend that may be in the situation and the same level of vim that you may say to her please try and say those uh, please try and have that same level of vim when you're saying the things to yourself okay so you're not just sitting there and you're saying those things out of habit really 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 say them with conviction and it's really really helped me um there are some days where you know sometimes they don't help as much but continual practice will mean after a while those feelings when they do pop up because i'm not going to say that they will just stop popping up they're always going to pop up that's just how things happen but when they do pop up you're able to refute them quicker and you're able to refute them with greater um, conviction so that it's definitely helps whether you're online or not i think everyone should be affirming themselves especially the things that you don't like about yourself those are the first things you should be affirming that's so important absolutely thank you so much kika that's so 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 important no you're welcome you're welcome so please make sure you're writing down your own affirmations and you're saying things to yourself okay it doesn't even have to be things that you write down i have just as i have a private instagram i have a private twitter where i'm the only one that follows it and i use it as like an e-journal and i say I love that. some <laughs> amazing things to myself on my e-journal because yeah i'm that girl and people may not agree with me but they don't need to agree with me for, for me to believe that i'm that girl as long as i believe it that is enough no this is this has been so fantastic and really insightful i think um thank you guys for having me i'm no, really enjoying so much for coming chatting my pants off so <laughs> it's been really good to have a conversation with you girls and yeah just talk about some really good things and i hope i don't haven't said anything where they'll come and cancel me i don't think anything <laughs> trackable has been said don't worry <laughs> Jackal has been said. Um, <laughs> where can people find you if they'd on, like to follow you? On Instagram, you can find me at kickeraj underscore. Let me spell that for you. K for kilo. I is it I for ice cream? Is or it igloo? India. Or India. I think it's India. Yeah. I make it up I every time. <laughs> I for India. K for kilo. E for echo. A for alpha. J for Juliet. And then an underscore. Um, and it's the same for TikTok um, and it's Kika AJ without the underscore on YouTube and then yeah that's it actually yeah that's it thank you so much we're so grateful this has been such a great conversation thank you thank you so much Kika